Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. How are you doing? I'm, I'm Mark. It's good to be here, isn't it? It's actually, this is a good church, isn't it? No, no, you don't understand. I get up in loads of churches and I'm like, wow, it's good here. And I'm lying, yeah? It's not that good. It's not that good. You're like, oh, worship on the banjo again. It's like, but it's amazing here. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So I, I, I wanted to celebrate a moment with me because today's Father's Day and um, we've had a bit of a thing in our family. My daughter got married. My daughter got married and um, oh my goodness. So my daughter's called Kezia and uh, like all during lockdown, we're like, wow, is it going to happen? Is the wedding going to happen? Is it going to be the, is COVID going to spoil it and everything? And unbelievably, we managed to make it happen just at the moment when everything opened up and I'm there walking my daughter down the aisle, Kezia. I'm sobbing. I was crying. The whole wedding, I'm crying. I'm crying on the way down. I'm crying at the front. I'm crying during the talk in the church. I'm crying during the meal. I'm crying during the talk. It's unbelievable. And my dad, my own dad came to me and said, son, you're very, very emotional. He says, I did not think you would be so emotional. And I was like, dad, this is costing me a fortune. Costing me an absolute I'm like praying my hardest that I would have a COVID wedding and the COVID thing went. And now, oh, wonderful. Everybody can come. Everybody can come. Everyone can come to the wedding. Isn't that marvelous? No, it's not marvelous because I'm paying for it. I says, I wanted a COVID wedding. Four people. Yeah. Sorry that your mum couldn't come, but I'm here. That's the wedding I wanted, yeah. It's like a great, it was an amazing, amazing day. And it's like weird all during COVID. I don't know how you did, but one of the things I could not get right in COVID was I kept on turning up at supermarkets and I'd forgotten my mask. Did anybody else do this? And I'm there in my car trying to find something I can use as a mask. Has anyone else done this? I am scrabbling around the glove compartment trying to find anything that I can stick on my face that might look like a mask. And then one time, I promise this is true, I found the ice scraper, yeah? And I taped the ice scraper to my face. And honestly, you do that in Tesco's and you get some funny looks, yeah? If you do it in Waitrose, you get arrested, yeah? If you do it in Lidl, you get a loyalty card, yeah? They're like, you're our kind of customer, yeah? We love a man with an ice scraper on his face. Does anybody love Lidl? Have we got any Lidl fans in the room? Oh, my goodness. There's more passion for Lidl than there was for Jesus a minute ago. People are like, yes, Lidl. But I mean, like Lidl, if you ever ask anyone, ever in Lidl, ask, it's a great game. Go to the Lidl shop assistant and say, excuse me, can you tell me where the chicken is? They have got no idea where anything is because random Roger just throws it out. And he, it's like the chicken, 
along with the spanners next to the nappies. Yeah, let's just put them all in there together. It's all just one big happy family. <laughs> They're like, oh, the proms. I don't want that. But it was pretty, it was pretty exciting for me. And um, I'm excited today to get the chance to speak on this wonderful Father's Day. And I thought we heard some great words a minute ago. I understand that the word father, the word father is a very emotional word. It's like, it's one of those words, it, it, it provokes emotion out of you. Some people here, it makes you immediately feel full of happiness and full of joy. When you think of your dad or you think of you being a dad, you immediately have a smile on your face. But for some of us, it stirs up a sense of sadness. There's people in the room that today is tough for you. People watching from maybe one of, the, um, one of the other places. You're looking on and you're watching the screen and you're thinking, wow, I feel, I feel sad when I think about Father's Day. For some people, it really stirs up a feeling of loss. You feel an incredible sense of loss today. And you're going to struggle with that throughout the day. And I understand that. But for some people, it stirs up anger. You feel angry about how things panned out with you and your father. How things went with your dad. Maybe even now you feel like you and your dad are not in great shape. You're not in a good relationship. It's, it's difficult. It's such an emotional word. Father. But you know, I want to look in the Bible for a minute in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are we are children of God you see however your experience is today whether it's good or bad or tricky or easy you need to understand that the picture that the Bible paints is a picture of a good good father that he is a good father, that he is a God who absolutely and totally is for you and he loves you and he is interested in you. He is not absent. He is not walking out. He is not angry. He is a father that is for you, someone who is wanting to absolutely root for you. I wanted to kind of start this by talking about having adventures with the father. I get on really well, my dad, he's Scottish, he's five foot one, he comes up to here on my right nipple, yeah, and uh, it's different on the left, and uh, <laughs> a lot of people looking at my left nipple right now, it's unfortunate, and um, my dad, he's, he's a Scottish kind of fiery character, I don't know if anyone else has got that dad that like, when he's making a point, he lights the point in your chest. And that is painful, yeah? Especially if it's a big point he's making. It's like, oh, dad, stop doing that. But one of the things as a kid that I used to love was when we used to go on an adventure with my dad. My dad would say, guys, are you up for going on an adventure? We'd be like, yes. 
I remember coming home one time from somewhere and suddenly my dad's driving and we see a fire engine and my dad said, shall we follow the fire engine? Now that is not good behavior, yeah? That is not responsible fatherhood. But we followed the fire engine and my brother and me still are excited about when we got there and we saw the carpet warehouse burning down and it was like we celebrated that moment and, you know, God bless that company. Hope they're doing okay. But the thing is, it's like, you know, we went on an adventure with our dad. And I remember my dad just, he would do these random little adventures. We got up one Saturday morning and my dad said, do you know, do you want to, do you want to go to the rugby? Shall we go to the rugby? Scotland are playing against Wales, you know, in Murrayfield. Shall we go? And even his little lads were like, dad, I think you need tickets for that. And my dad's like, oh, come on, let's go, we'll have an adventure. And we, we drove in Edinburgh, and there we were. And, you know, we spent three hours swirling the stadium. We never got in, and uh, we went home. But we'd been on an adventure, yeah? And my dad was driving home saying, son, it's much better to go on the adventure than actually get into the ground. I'm like, mm, I might only be 12, but I don't think that is true, dad. It would have been quite nice to get into the stadium. I'm going to be honest. But you know, it's like that thing where even in our faith, when it comes to God as our father, God wants us to go on adventures. And God wants us to um, have these faith adventures. God doesn't want our relationship with him to become just, you know, very stilted and very boring and very dry. God is wanting us to have challenges in our faith. Um, I, I find this incredible, but during World War II, the U.S. government discovered its parachutes failed to open 50% of the time. Think of that stat. 50% of the time, when people were throwing themselves out of the planes, their parachutes were failing. So the U.S. government realized that this was absolutely no good and they needed a zero failure rate. And what did they do? What did they do to change it? Because they did change it incredibly. Do you know what they did? Unbelievably, the problem was solved. And what they did was that they asked the parachute packers to put on one of the parachutes occasionally and jump out of the plane. I love that. That has changed the game, hasn't it? If you're a parachute packer, you're, pa you're packing that and you're like, you know what, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, hey-ho, yeah? Suddenly you're like, I want this parachute to work, yeah? Because I've got it on my back. I'm jumping out of a plane. I could die. And... You know, I think when it comes to faith, when we, as Christians, sometimes our faith is like this Sunday faith where if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it's no big deal. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, if God's real, cool. If God's not real, I'm still going to get my Sunday dinner. It's like this sense of kind of like we've become, you know, a bit stilted in our faith, but we want to be taking risks for God. We want to be throwing ourselves into situations where we're like, God, if you do not turn up now, I am absolutely done. God, if you do not come now, I am in big trouble. This wild, incredible man of faith called Hudson Taylor said these words, 
unless there is an element of risk in our exploits for God, there is no need for faith. Unless there's an element of risk, we throw ourselves out and we say, God, I need you. You know, in about six weeks' time, I'm going to be at the Edinburgh Festival. And I've got a, a venue right in the center of town, very close to the Edinburgh Castle. And I'm going to be doing a one-man show. And I'm going to be making people laugh, hopefully kind of like making them sort of think. And then I'm going to ultimately be bringing the message of the cross to that venue right in the center of town. And it's terrifying. I wish I could say to you that I get up there and I boss the stage and I'm amazing. No, no, no. Backstage, I am wearing adult nappies. I am like, I am struggling. And it's like, I am so nervous before it. And you've got people who like to give you instant feedback. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't fill a form in, yeah? They give you it straight away. And it's like, I, I am on the edge, but I'm like, God, and I'll tell you why I'm doing it. Because when I was 16, as a young Scottish guy living in Edinburgh, I used to go up to the festival, the biggest comedy festival in the world. And I used to see comedians absolutely shredding the name of Jesus, absolutely ripping the name of the Lord to pieces. And as a young lad, I sat there and said, one day, I'm going to stand on that stage and I am going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift up Jesus' name. It's like, wow. And I just want to say that God wants, uh, my adventure is to go to the fringe and to talk about Jesus and to have these wonderful stories. But your faith adventure is exciting. Maybe someone this week needs to put a hand on a sick person and believe that God will heal them. Maybe your faith adventure means that you need to talk to somebody about your faith for the first time. Maybe your faith adventure is going to be absolutely stepping out and writing that book, writing that song. Maybe for you, your faith adventure is going to be absolutely risking in business and believing in God and going for that idea that you've always had swirling around. God wants us to go on a faith adventure with him. The second thing I wanted to talk about is um, a little while ago, I, I was in Australia and uh, I was like mesmerized by these, the waves in Australia. It's like we were on the Gold Coast. We were there. These waves were incredible. I went out and had a little swim. I'm a decent swimmer, but there were a couple of times when these waves knocked me for six. And I got chatting to the lifeguards and I was talking to them and I said, wow, you know, I've never been in such ferocious waters before. I says, one minute you think you're okay and then it feels like it turns. And then we're like, yeah, it is powerful. They said, the week before you came, they said there was an incident with a young girl. I says, well, what happened? She goes, this young girl, she's an Australian girl. She's a good swimmer, maybe 12, 13 years old. She's out swimming, everything's fine. She goes, and then suddenly it, the, 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 the tide turned. And suddenly the, the lifeguards were out on the beach and they're screaming to everybody to get in, get in. And it's like, underneath the waters it's these eddies that swirl and pull you down and they're like you need to get into the beach 
Most people were managing to get in, but this young girl, even though she was a strong swimmer, she suddenly found herself in trouble. And they says, oh no, she, she started to go down. And they kept looking and they couldn't get into the water because the water was so strong. And they're standing and they're shouting and they're screaming. And they went and they got a hold of this rescue can, this piece of plastic that's on a rope. And they threw the rescue can and the rescue can landed right next to her. And this girl's in all kinds of trouble. She's going down and she looks like she might not actually make it. And the guys are screaming to her, grab the can, grab the can. But this girl's looking at this bit of plastic and she's not really understanding what it is. And she's trying to struggle and keep breathing. And they said, we had this moment where we're like, no. Like salvation is right there. Rescue is right there. And this girl, she's, she's going to go down. And she doesn't realize rescue is right there. And believably, this girl goes down and she comes back up and she must have had a little light bulb moment because suddenly she realizes what's happening and she grabs the rescue can. And the guy said that they were able to pull her in and they pulled her in and they looked across the beach and there was her dad running, running. And this little girl's pulled onto the side and she's up and her dad just envelops her in his arms and he's sobbing. He thought she was gone but she'd been rescued. And friend, whether you're here in this room or you're watching on the screen, I want you to understand that when the Bible talks for God so loved the world that he gave his son. You see, God saw that every single one of us, we were going down, we were drifting away from God. We were forever and ever without God. That is where every one of us in this room was headed. Every one of us watching on screen, that's where we were headed. And the Bible says that God sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross. And you've maybe seen it, and you've maybe thought about it, and you've maybe read about it in the Bible, or heard about it at school. But when Jesus died on that cross, God was throwing the rescue can out to us. The cross is our source of rescue. And some of us, we feel like we're going down for the last time. We've drifted far from God. And God sent Jesus and Jesus died on the cross that we would be able to get hold of the cross and that through the cross, we can be found back safe in the arms of the Father. That, oh, friend, whatever is going on with you, Whatever is happening, whatever situation you are in, you need to know that God has prepared a way that the rescue has been set. You can grab hold of the cross and come through the cross and be found in the arms of God. And I know there are some of us in the room, we've drifted quietly and so steadily away from God. And I... Do not say this without a tear in my eye. But friend, I don't want anybody in this place or watching on screen that you would get to this moment where you're like, do you know what? I'm going to continue to drift away. And maybe that would be that you would spend forever without God. But oh, that you would grab hold of the cross today. Come through the cross
and be found safe in the arms of the Father, back near his heartbeat, close to his heart. And at the end, in a couple minutes, I'm going to just do a tiny little prayer. And I'm going to invite everybody to have a moment. And maybe you could pray that prayer and come through the cross into the arms of God. It's right there. The cross is bobbing right next to you today. And you can either ignore it and drift away or you can grab hold of it and come through the cross into the arms of the Father. And then I finally just wanted to say not only safe in the arms of the Father, but I also wanted to say cheered on by the Father. That God is with you and God is for you. That God is not there with a stick just waiting for you to mess up. The, the Bible doesn't show a picture of a God who's pacing around longing to see you screw up so he can smack you over the wrist. What we see is a picture of a God who is cheering you on, who is with you and who is for you. My, uh, my friend Neil was in the Lake District with his brother and they were walking on one of the country lanes in one of the roads when suddenly a car comes shooting past them and the car pulls over and this older gentleman gets out the car and he comes up to Neil and his brother and he says to him, oh, guys, could you help me? Could you please help me? They're like, what's up? He says, oh, my son, he's 15. He's, he's cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats. And he's absolutely done. He's so tired. He wants to quit. He's filled all the sponsor forms in, but now he's on these hills and he's done. And he says, would you, when he comes past in a moment, would you just cheer him on? Would you help me to cheer him on? And then this dad, he gets a couple of other people and they are a little group and Neil's waiting and sure enough, this little kid comes round and Neil said to me, Mark, this lad was done. He was fried. He didn't want to do another moment on that bike. But then as soon as he came round the corner, the dad saw his son, jumped up in the air, punched the air and started shouting, come on, my son, you can do this. You've got this. And round the little group, they all began to clap and shout and cheer. And they all began to scream and say, come on, keep going, you can do it. And this little boy seemed to get energy into his body from this cheering. And he screamed past him. And they all clapped. And then <coughs> Neil turns to the dad and says, what are you going to do now? And the dad says, I'm going to get in my car. I'm driving on to the next town. I'm going to get a bigger group. I'm going to cheer him on every step of the way till he gets to the end. And friend, Father God, Holy God gathers the angels around and cheers you on. He says, go on, my girl. Keep going. Some of you woke up this morning and you thought, I am done. I don't know if it's on screen or whether they're in the room, but somebody's had some pretty toxic, negative thoughts recently. 
So I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can keep on doing this. Somebody's thinking, I'm maybe not cut out for what I've set myself up for. I don't know if I can keep on going. And here we are in this moment where Father God gathers the angels around and says, come on, girl, you can do this. Come on, my girl. Come on, son. Come on, son. Keep on going. You're like, oh, the hell is too hard. It's too difficult. God's like, you can do this. I believe in you. God is on your side. He's not the judge with a scorecard saying two out of ten. He's not the judge scoring you on how good a person you are. He's on your side. He's going, come on, girl. Come on, son. You can do this. You've got it. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm going to be there right till the end of the line. So we're in the presence of God. I wonder for a moment if we could just bow our head in God's presence. He's a good, good father. And I'm going to simply do this. In a moment, I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to ask, friend, that whether you're in the room or you're watching on screen, that you pray that prayer in your heart. Don't say it out loud so people can hear, but just pray it in your heart. And then we're going to say amen. And I'm going to ask us for a couple more moments to keep our heads bowed. And you say amen. And I'm simply going to count to three. And I'm going to say on three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to raise up your hand. And as you raise up your hand, my friends on the team, I've brought along a book today that I would love for you to have. I've got these books that I want you to have. And as your hand goes up, one of the team will just come and they'll put it in your hand and you just stick it under the chair and that is for you. We want you to have that today. So here we are in the presence of God. And I know that there are many of us and we found ourselves drifting away from God. And that rescue can has been thrown out through the cross. Oh, that today that you would grab that. Please don't miss this moment. This is the prayer. Why don't you just pray it in your heart after me? Father God, thank you that you sent Jesus. I'm sorry for the mess and my sin and my rubbish that drags me down and drags me away from you. I ask you to forgive me and I grab hold of the cross and I come home into your arms in Jesus name Amen so head stays bowed just for a couple more moments and our eyes are closed I'm going to count to three and on three if you prayed that I just want you to lift your hand up and the team will quickly come and put a book in your hand one, two, three that's amazing, that's great just keep your hand up that's really good that's good thank you team that's a great job you're doing just keep your hand up. We really want everyone to get one. So please don't put your hand down. Just keep it up. That's wonderful. Wonderful. 
That's really incredible. Father God, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. That you are there for us. That you are there for us. God, that you never walk out on us. You never absent. You're never too busy for us, God. We love you and thank you. God, I pray for anyone that is struggling today. They feel like that hell is just too tough. I pray in the name of the Lord that they would understand that you are with them and you are for them. You are a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you.